Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? This is the Believe in Blazers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Stephen Vaughn. That is Tori Jones. Catch me at Stephen underscore V-O-N. Catch Tori at Tori Jones YT on Twitter. Hit us up there if you got any questions, comments, remarks. Tori, what's going on, man? It's uh, coming up soon. Blazers preseason right around the corner, man. Yeah, the next preseason game or the first preseason game is on Monday. I can't believe it's already here. Unfortunately, it's going to be difficult to watch. But nonetheless, man, basketball is back in Portland and I can't be more excited. Yeah, I mean, for people that don't know, that game uh, will not be on TV. You can uh, listen to it on the radio. Uh, speaking of it being only on the radio, we will be talking to the voice of the Portland Trailblazers, Travis Demers. He, you can hear him on the radio side. Uh, every game will be on Rip City Radio 620 for the Blazers on that one. Uh, we will talk to him in just a few minutes as he was down in Santa Barbara for training camp. Got to see some of the new guys. Got to watch. So, Got to watch a practice. Got to see some of the guys just play and see some of the, the drills that they did. Uh, so that was really exciting to talk to him. Uh, Tori, what are you expecting? Is there anything you're looking forward to in the preseason real quick uh, before we talk to Trav? Is there anything you, preseason that you really want to see out of the Blazers or out of a particular player? Yeah, there's a, a few different things I'll be looking for. I will have a preview video on my YouTube channel, Blazers Uprise, so definitely check that out if you want to. Uh, but just looking for good defense, man. We've been looking and searching for it for years. <laughs> so I'm looking for just hopefully seeing the team being tied together on the defensive end. And then, of course, looking for the young players because we were robbed of our shade and sharp summer league experience. And then there's a lot of hype around Jabari Walker. So those are the two main things. But there's a ton of things to look for in summer league, which I will preview in that video. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's one of the questions we will definitely be asking Travis. Uh, football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like the MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Of course, you can get the Blazers, basketball, all that is there. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to pro- use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts. And of course, this is the Believe Blazer podcast presented by Bet Online. So with that said, Tori, let's get Travis in here and let's talk to the man himself, the voice of the Portland Trail Blazers, Travis Demers. What's up and welcome back to the Believe in Blazers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network brought to you by Bet Online. And we got a special guest in the house today. My guy, my friend, and the voice of the Portland Trail Blazers, Travis Demers. Travis, what is going on, my brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. What's happening, guys? I just want to give you a, a quick heads up that it, it, I'm hoping not, but at any moment, my four-year-old could be bursting through the door. Uh, he's watching his tablet right now, and uh, you know, you know what it's like, Stephen. He likes to get up and run around, and so you might see a, a little guy pop in here every now and then. That's okay because the last episode, my Lincoln popped in, and I had to push him out the door because he had to tell everyone he could ride his bike now. So, oh, yeah. uh, so he had to tell me that. So, uh, yeah, I had to push him out, say, "Get out of here, tell me later." But yeah, no, it's it's all good if it does. Um, so yeah, so you were down uh, in Santa Barbara for training camp. So we just wanted to bring you on here, talk about sure. what you saw uh, with the Visor team. So, what was like the overall you know takeaway from training camp with all the new players in there? 
Yeah, so we we actually only got to watch one day of practice. So uh, the team went there on Monday right after media day. They practiced on Tuesday. We got there Tuesday afternoon. So we saw practice on Wednesday. We were supposed to see practice on Thursday, uh, but they canceled it for a, a team bonding thing. And I think you might have seen the pictures from Bruce uh, with the guys in the pool and stuff like that. So it was a long practice, though. It was like a four-hour practice. Um, and it was intense. Um you know, there's always some conditioning going on and, and things like that in training camp. Um, but the, the vibe is, it's just a lot of athleticism. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of training camp practices over the years, and there just seems like there's a different level of athleticism this year. A lot of versatility. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant literally had a smile on his face the entire practice, up and down the floor. Um, you know, I, I don't know what, how much of that you know, translates into actual game stuff. But the athleticism is definitely there. Uh, everybody, you know, it's, it's training camp. Everybody's you know, excited about the season to start and all that. But it also just seems like the players that are on this roster fit more into what Chauncey wants to do. It seems like a lot of fans are excited this year because this team should play a fun style to watch. Uh, there's not necessarily the highest expectations, but there there's an expectation that this team will play hard and play athletic and just really compete on each side of the ball this year. And I know a lot of fans are excited for that. Sure. Yeah. And it, I, I hear a lot about that, about expectations, right? And you see, well, I mean, who are they going to be better than in the West? I don't know. I mean, could they be a top four seed? Maybe. Could they be a playing team? Maybe. Could they be somewhere in between? Yeah, maybe. Uh, there's just, there are so many unknowns, right? Obviously you can't factor in injuries and things like that, but is this team as good as the elite teams in the NBA? They've got some work to do to get there. They'll tell you that. If you heard what Dame had to say on media day, I don't want to say he skirted around the question when he was asked if this team is closer to competing for a championship. He definitely didn't say we are closer to winning a championship. Eventually, he's like, yeah, I think we're we're closer to that now. They They know they have work to do on the roster. This is not – the final roster from what we're going to see by the time the uh, the trade deadline rolls around, there is some work to be done. I just, I don't know what, what the fair expectations are because there's so many question marks. What's Ant going to look like in his first year as a full-time starter? I know in, in practice so far, he has looked like a totally different guy. He looks like he is assuming that role of starter. He looked confident. All that stuff is great. How does it translate to games? I have no idea. What's Nasir's little, but what's Nasir Little's going to, uh, what is he going to do with his, taking the next level, right? Shaden Sharp, unbelievable athleticism. He's got a lot of skill. How, how much of the, the growing pains are going to be there within? How is Jeremy Grant going to fit in? These are all questions that we don't know the answer to. And individually, you can find all of these reasons where things can look really, really good, right? When you put all these things together, but is it going to work out like that? I hope so, but I don't know. So I think you know, anybody who says, oh, yeah, this team is definitely going to be a top four seed or this team is definitely going to be in the play-in, you, you have no idea. Yeah, Trev, I want to ask you about Jeremy Grant specifically because, you know, he was he was the big offseason acquisition. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great secret that Port we knew everyone in Portland wanted him. Uh, but you were telling me about kind of how he took some charge of the defense and how do you think that can affect the Blazers' defense? Because that's always been the problem here in Portland is the defense. But now Portland's got a six eight six nine athlete out there really taking charge. Do you think that's going to translate to the regular season? How can that really affect that defensive side of the ball? Yeah, you know, and one thing that we, we see is that, you know, sometimes in preseason and camp, they have these ideas of things that they want to do. 
right? And then by game seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, those things kind of fizzle out a little just bit. Just toss it out, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Number one, you have better defensive personnel, right? Take take the backcourt out of it for a minute, okay? The, the metrics will tell you everything that you need to know of what Dame and Ant have done to this point in their careers as defenders. You can play good team defense with a couple of guys on the floor who are, let's just say, not elite defenders, right? But I don't know who's going to be starting at the three. Is it Josh Hart? I don't think so. Is it Nasir Little? Maybe. Is it Justice Winslow? Could be. All those guys are good defenders. Nasir Little is a better on-ball defender than he is a team defender. Jeremy Grant, like we, we talked about, he's kind of the quarterback, at least it looked like in practice so far, of, of that defense. Nurk is a good defender. One of the issues with, with Nurk has been when, when you see teams get into the rim, a lot of that is because of the perimeter defense, right? Some of it's on Nurk, sure, but a lot of that is on the perimeter defense. But then you look at the depth. Gary Payton the second, great defender, one of the best defenders in the NBA. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but Keon Johnson is a really good defender. Uh, Trendon Watford doesn't back down from anybody. I think the mentality of the team defense is going to carry over. Is it a top 10 defense? <laughs> Again, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of, uh, you know. Do, do you think it has non- potential to be, does it have potential to be like that high? Because, you know, like you said, so. they got some good pieces, right? They got good pieces, got good athletes. And like you said, Jeremy Grant can really be that quarterback. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Nurk. Totally. It, I, do they have the potential to be a top 10 defense? Sure. The potential is there. They have to execute that. But I saw the other day, like ESPN had their predictions and, I, I don't remember who it was that put it out there. Said that their their metrics say that the Blazers are going to be the, the second worst 20, defense of the NBA. Yeah, 29th maybe. Come on, man. Like, do you pay any attention to it at all? This team's not going to be historically bad defensively. I'd be shocked if they were a bottom 10 defense. I think they could be anywhere from a top 10 defense to a middle teens defense. But what I like about Jeremy Grant, watching the communication that he has out on the floor, Right. And I don't know if you remember when Trevor Ariza was here, he kind of had that role and players listened to him. He stood around the nail and kind of directed traffic and things like that. And that's what Jeremy Grant was doing. And there was a play specifically in practice where I don't remember which guard it was. It wasn't Dame Morant. One of the guards was driving and Grant was around the free throw line. And he, you know, guides Nurk and is talking to Nurk and tells him to go out and close out on, on the driver. And he did, and he cut off the lane and those kinds of things like, Nurk wouldn't have done that. Jeremy Grant being there with the the IQ that he has for defense, I think is going to lift everybody. Yeah, and then I'm also kind of curious what you saw from Shaden Sharp, especially on the defensive end, because I feel like this dude does not get enough love as a potential defensive player in a couple of years like athletically he's very athletic but he also has that seven foot wingspan good frame and I feel like everybody just thinks he's going to come into Portland and yeah he's a scorer he's hopefully going to be another dame or another ant different style of play and whatnot but I feel like he has potential as a defender it's just interesting when we're going to see it so I'm wondering if in the practice you got to watch if you saw anything from him on that end yeah to, to be honest i didn't i didn't see a, a ton right but when when you have a guy who didn't play basketball last year and really hasn't played since high school and didn't play in the summer league and now he's expected to guard nba players and in the preseason like who, who is he going to guard mm-hmm. right is he going to be out there with the ones yeah probably not and when when he is out there getting his minutes he's going to be against other teams twos or threes or guys who aren't even going to make the roster. 
So can you even gauge that? Yes and no. You can gauge positioning. You can gauge an understanding of the, the team concepts. I think the, the biggest things for him are going to be learning from Chauncey, learning from Roy Rogers, uh, learning from Jeremy Grant, uh, Josh Hart, and being coachable. And everything that I've seen so far is that he's coachable. You mentioned the wingspan. It is there. It is real. The athleticism is real. Like, I didn't really know what to think about him. And then I was blown away by just how athletic this dude is. And he's he's a kid. So, like, you can see all the stuff with him. My God, like, I see why they drafted him number seven overall. And you, you can look at other players that were in the draft, like Dyson Daniels. Would he today be a better fit with the Blazers right now on this team? Maybe. Probably. But in the big picture, I mean, I, th- I think the sky is the limit for Rashad and Sharp, depending on, you know, what kind of worker he is. And we just don't really answer that yet. I think defensively, the the people that are surrounding him now with his athleticism and size and length, I think those are things that are really pointing in the right direction to get excited about. Yeah, I mean, he's been a big topic on Blazer Twitter and stuff. And I, I think if you really just, yeah, if you really just like shorten his role down, and you kind of tell him to focus on a few things this year, I think he could be really good. Just like you said, because he has a lot of skills, a lot of athleticism. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about uh, Dame, you know, we know Dame is a hundred percent now is what he says. I just wanted to get your idea on, did he look like old Dame? You know, we all assume he's going to come back stronger, stronger than ever, but, um, you know, and we have no doubts that he's, he's back, but just want to see, uh, if you saw how he looked and, you know, if it was back to old Dame. Yeah. So what I saw, they didn't, he didn't run with the five on fives when, uh, they did the, the team, you know, the scrimmage at the end of practice, but it just, he just looks so smooth, man. At the end of practice, you know, this was like, what, 2.15? They had been there since 10 a.m. or before. And I don't, I'm not sure if you saw any of the, the videos that Fentress was posting this week or anything like that of him shooting. But what I saw was him take uh, threes all around the arc. And he made – when he missed, he had to stop and start over at each spot. He didn't miss very often. And make 10 threes in a row at <laughs> every spot. And then on the last spot, he hit the first two, missed the third, and then hit 10 in a row. And he didn't look like he was tired. He didn't look like he was laboring. I mean, he's still, uh, you know, it's still early in camp, but he he looks sharp. He looks smooth. He looks rested. Like, yeah, because I mean, last I, year, last year he looked like he struggled a little bit to get the get his shot up from behind the arc. When he's taking those day brain shots, he really had to get his body into it. So, you know, that's yeah. a good sign to see it. You know, hear that. It, it is like that, that core muscle injury. I don't know how he was shooting from 35 feet sometimes with a core muscle injury, man. Like, you know, I work out for one day and I sneeze and I'm like, Oh my God, my stomach. And he's, he's got a, you know, baseball size, you know, whatever in his, in his abdomen. He's taking 35 foot threes. Uh, he, he looks really good, man. I'm, I'm fired up to see what he can. I'm curious from the broadcasting side of it. Is there anything specifically that you are looking forward to this season, just with your role with the team? Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's like, just, so this would be my fourth full season, right? So there's uh, just another level of comfortability. Um, I still haven't called a game in Boston. That's the one place I haven't done a game in yet. So I'm looking forward to finally getting, I've been to that arena, but I never called a game there. So I'm finally going to cross off every arena. But you hate Boston. You hate Boston. But, so you should be happy about it, right? Yeah. And it's the worst broadcast advantage in the league. <laughs> like the, the position, it's like in the corner and it's low. I haven't been there yet, but that's everybody keeps telling me, but yeah, I hate Boston, but that's that's another conversation that I've probably had a billion times. Um, to to me, 
for me to have the opportunity to like build more relationships with different guys. Right. And I remember when, when Dwayne Hankins interviewed me for the job, he said, well, what are you going to do to build good relationships with the players? And I said, well, Dame's not making 30 million a year to be my friend. And I still believe that, but at the same time, like, you know, you, you want the players to be able to trust you um, and be able to, to tell you things either to look for certain things or, little tidbits and stuff you can put into the broadcast that nobody else has. Um, so some of those guys, like Gary Payton II, his personality, and like you're around him for 30 seconds, and that dude is is cool. He is he is a cool dude to be around. So I'm looking forward to just getting to know some of the new guys. I just swallowed a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Flew right into my mouth. <laughs> Protein, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm just looking forward to kind of getting to get to know some of the new guys. And now uh, Mike Lynch is going to be working with us, replacing Jay, uh, Jay Allen after many years. And I'm looking forward to getting to work with him again. Yeah, all right, we'll get you out of here, Trav. Uh, again, we appreciate you coming on here. Believe in Blazers podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, I just want to get like the overall vibes of the team. It seemed like at Media Day, the vibes like were really positive. There's a lot of positivity. Uh, Chauncey talked about connectivity. Like they want to be the most connected team. So just kind of the vibes. And if any like kind of leaders have popped out that you feel like that kind of came out of nowhere, just the leadership angle for the Blazers and the vibes going into the season. Yeah, I think there are a couple of different layers in that. Jeremy Grant has definitely shown leadership. And I watched him for one practice, right? So how much can I really see? Not, not a ton. Uh, Anthony Simons is showing more leadership. Those are things that will develop over the course of the year. But I, I think, you know, there, there's this view from outside that, you know, from the top down, that there are some things that don't look right and don't sound right. And I don't want to say that's by design because it's it's not by design, but I think it's because people don't, they can't see it, right? Jody Allen doesn't talk to the media. You don't see Burt Cole. They are way more invested than anybody really understands. And it's hard to explain if you're not there, right? Because I can say that and people are going to, well, you work for the team. Of course, you're going to defend Jody Allen and Burt Cold. Well, you know me, Steven, like I'm, I'm just not going to say anything at all. If uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I don't believe like Burt was down at practice in Santa Barbara. Um, they just, the, the idea that they're not spending money, they just hired 14 new people last week. I'm sure if you saw that press release and the amount of resources they're putting into analytics and I got kind of a crash course in it last week and the way that they're um diving into it it's it's mind-blowing like I you hear things but I, I had no idea some of the metrics that they're using and the way that they're um quantifying data on the floor so I, I think there's a a much bigger organizational buy-in and connectivity than people realize and obviously it has to translate to the court if it doesn't translate to the court, then, then none of it's relevant at all and none of it matters. But I think it does. And basketball and business are coming together more than they ever have in the past. You know, uh, Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups and Dwayne Hankins are all on the same page. And the players see that. And the players are a part of that. So I think that that connectivity does start from the top down. And I think there is a, a massive mis uh, misconception that it's not there at the top. And Really, I didn't quite realize how much of it was there until last week. Yeah, that clip that came out with Jody in the draft room, and she seemed genuinely happy with 
being able to select Shaden Sharp, that kind of changed my perception a little bit just because we don't see her. So right. it was really the first time we got to see her just in regards to the team. So I remember that changing my mindset and a lot of fans kind of realized, okay, she's at least a little emotionally invested in this team. Yeah, it's it's cool to see. I'm, I'm excited about where things are going. <laughs> but sitting through the last, you know, 30 games of last year was brutal, man. We're sitting there in Salt Lake City down by 50 in the third quarter, and it's like, okay, you got uh, another hour or so in this broadcast. And I mean, a lot, going, going deep in your bag for research on that one. Yeah, Michael Holton and I played this game where we could just try to find the most random facts about it by the end of the year. <laughs> and you, and you listened to what it was like. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for a, a fresh start. Yeah, that's what it seems like, man. So, Trav, I appreciate it, man. You're my guy. You're my man. The voice of the Blazers, Travis Lewis. Thank you so much for hopping on here, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime you guys need me during the season, just let me know. Oh, we will, bro. Thank you very much. Thank you again to Travis Demers for joining us, man. Travis, Travis, my guy, you know, he's uh, helped me a lot in my career. So uh, I really appreciate him coming on. And, you know, I really can call him a friend. So that's a cool thing to say uh, that I am friends with the voice of the Blazers. But Tori, man, I just want to get your reaction from Travis. You know, he said some few interesting, th- interesting things. You know, we talked about the defense, what we want to see. Um, was there any takeaways from how he said Jeremy Grant's kind of the quarterback on the defensive side? How do you think that translate into the season? Yeah, before I get into the basketball, man, it's crazy that he's been doing that for four full seasons, he said. It's been cool to watch his ascension uh, from just the radio side of things uh, to being the play-by-play host, and he's really good at his job. Yeah, so. like, he really pr- like he proves that hard work pays off, honestly. Like, if you know his story, like, go read his story, man. He worked hard, so it is cool to talk to him about that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as what he said... Jeremy Grant being a defensive leader doesn't really surprise me, but it's absolutely cool to hear the Blazers need a quarterback on the defensive end in the starting unit. With Josh Hart and Gary Payton the second off the bench, I wasn't worried about having that defensive guy or that tone setter that I like to call it on the defensive end off the bench. You got two of them with Hart and Payton, but in the starting lineup, it was like, who's going to be that guy? And a lot of people said Jeremy Grant, but... um, I'm not sure how good he is on the ball. Uh, that's something that I'm I'm waiting to be seen. Uh, I think he struggles getting through screens, but when he's not dealing with screens, he's absolutely fine on the ball. But I don't know if he can be that lockdown guy. So in order to be that defensive leader, he has to do the other things. He has to play team defense. He has to fill the gaps in, um, on, in, in help side rotations, that sort of thing. All the team-oriented nuance stuff he has to do. But then also... A big part of defense is being able to communicate and being vocal. You know this, you've played and I've played. Like It's a very important thing about defense that uh, you don't really hear a whole lot just watching it through a TV broadcast or radio broadcast. And um, Nurkic, Nurkic has kind of been the quarterback of the defense, but you need more than one guy talking. It seems like last season they were not on the same page on the defensive end. It seemed like there was probably a lot of miscommunication or non-communication. So hearing that Jeremy Grant is taking that upon himself to kind of be the quarterback of the defense and just communicating well and that sort of thing, I think will end up definitely being a good thing for the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, you really hope that, you know, he could become a solid on-ball defender, right? Like, I don't have high expectations that he becomes a shutdown defender like he kind of once was, how he was a really good athlete. But, you know, as Trav said, like, if you can get another guy to be that leader on defense and communicate and get through to Nurk, 
right? Like, I think that's the big one is get someone that Nurk listens to. And it seems like, you know, what Travis was saying is Nurk was listening to Jeremy Grant, paying attention, being the leader. So I do like that, obviously. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the off-ball stuff with Jeremy Grant. Like, would you compare him more to, like, a Robert Covington, how he was good off the ball, but, you know, average, below average on the ball? Or is he kind of different than that? He's absolutely better than Covington on the ball, but in terms of the style of defense, I feel like they're somewhat similar. Uh, Grant has better foot speed is really the main difference there. It's just his angles taking screens from the film that I've watched is where he struggles. So if you guard the best players in the league a lot, you know, Luka Doncic types, LeBron James, guys that handle the ball a lot and are the key playmaker for their team, they're going to run a lot of pick and roll and run through a lot of ball screens. So in terms of being a lockdown defender, you have to be able to navigate that well. But in ISO situations, he seems fine to me. He seems good, better than Robert Covington. Um, it just comes back to the screen things in terms of the in terms of the on ball defense, but off the ball, I think that's where he really excels. I mean, the the thing, the, the most intriguing thing right now is Shaden Sharp. I mean, there was a big discussion the other day um, between Blazer fans, and you asked about Shaden Sharp, how he looks, and as you know, Travis says, a freak athlete, and that's something we always knew, right? Like, you know, he's six six, but with a seven foot wingspan, you know. Wh- what like what are your thoughts about Shaden Sharp right now, Tori? Like, I, it's so hard to have any expectations for the guy because he's so young and he hasn't played basketball. But like, as the season's getting closer, I am getting really excited to see what his role is with the team. And you know, as Travis reiterated, just great athlete. Like, you could find a spot to play him on the court and make him useful. But is he going to be able to do that year one? Right? Like, wh- what are you expecting out of this guy? I'm hopeful. I got a question for you. If he does nothing this year, will you be disappointed? No. Good. No. Okay, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, he has all the natural talent in the world. That's why they drafted him at seven. As Travis said, he's very naturally gifted, athletically gifted. His frame is good for a wing. Very light on his feet, which I feel like gets understated. Like having a guy that's that light on his feet, too, um, projects well in terms of him being able to be shifty with the ball in his hands and create and then hopefully be a good defender because he can move his feet. He, he just is going to have to learn on the job. And uh, I think too many people are setting themselves up to be disappointed if he doesn't play. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter where, oh, he has to play 15 minutes a game. He has to play 20 minutes a game. If he doesn't play 20 minutes a game this year, it's a failure. And all this talk about how he has to play right now, but he has to learn the game (laughs) at this point. He's, he's gifted, but he, uh, we all know the story. He didn't play in college. He practiced in college, but he only started practicing, I believe, in January. So he probably doesn't understand basic things that most rookies at this point would. You know, basic rotations or just recognizing maybe how to cut or certain things on the offensive end or where to pick his spots in terms of his shot creation. And he's going to have to learn that. Whether that's on the court or in practice, I don't think it makes the biggest difference long term because it's some basic things that he has to learn. So if he doesn't play much this year, I don't think it's a failure. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be down on his long term prospects with his with his potential. This year is a learning year for him. It can happen in practice or in games. And um, nobody nobody should be disappointed with this season unless he gets injured. No, I agree with you. You know, disappointment's not going to be one thing. I think for me, 
my expectations for him can only go up, and that's if he comes in right away and plays really well, right? Like if he if he comes in and struggles, I I'm not gonna lower my expectations because I almost kind of expect it. But what I do want to see, Tori, is I'm on the side of I fully want to see Shane Sharp get a first crack at the rotation and get consistent minutes at the start of the year, whether it's the first 20, 25 games of the season, to see if he can do it. Because you did invest the seventh pick in the draft. He is an athlete that the Blazers don't have, right? That seven-foot wingspan, just a freak athlete. You know, Nasir Little talked about how it's him and Shaden Sharp as the two best athletes on the team. You need those type of athletes in the NBA. So I do want to see what he can do. And I feel like if you put him in certain spots, have him focus on a few things, he can help a team right away. Now, he may fail, and that's okay. And if he does, work for it for next season. But I'm on the side of I want to see him get a crack start of the year, I don't think the Blazers are competing for the title, so I want to see him get progress done if the Blazers get to the next level. It's because Shane Sharp's the dude. So get him some action, get him some uh, some time on the court, and see what he can do at the start of the year. I've been a proponent of him earning his minutes because I don't know if you want it to be a situation where you start off the year giving him 15, 20 minutes a game, but then, oh, he makes a few mistakes, and you start walking those minutes back with his mistakes, and then all of a sudden... He's maybe feeling like, oh, if I go out here and make a mistake, I'm going to get my playing time cut, and it could maybe get in his head a guy who just doesn't have much experience dealing with those situations. So that is why I've wanted him to earn every minute. So it gets to the point where, you know, he's good enough to play the minutes he gets. That's what, that's how you earn your minutes. So I haven't been on board with just feeding him minutes, but I think he can earn them. I think he's good enough where, like, in practices, especially you hear how Yusuf Nurkic talked about him, um, Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard have talked about him. Like it seems like all these veteran players are impressed with Shane Sharp, and not just him, but just the young talent in general on this team. So he af- absolutely has the ability to earn minutes on this team right away next year. I just, I, I wouldn't want to start walking them back at every mistake he makes. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Uh, you know, I just feel like the Blazers are in a spot right now where you do need to get some on-court experience for him. I don't think the Blazers are good enough outside of the starting lineup where you can say, you know, he's considerably worse than everyone else on the bench. So, you know, for me, I do want to see it at the start of the year. It would be really interesting to see in preseason how he does. You know, he's the one he's the one guy like I really want to see in the preseason. And of course, that is Monday against the Clippers uh, up in Seattle, which would be pretty cool as well for those Sonic fans up there. Um, you know, Tori, I did want to ask you also uh, about... What was I going to ask you about? What uh, were you going to ask me about, Steven? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got a lot of things going Maybe on. Maybe I it's should a ro- think it's a road of a game. question. <laughs> no, it's not, it's a road game. It's a road game. I'm at the beach, dude. I'm thinking about the beach. but uh, Yeah, you got me no, thinking uh, about the beach. I'm sitting here jealous duh. in my cave right now. <laughs> um... You know, I did want to ask you about what he t- what Travis touched on about Jody Allen and Burt Colt. How he said they're a little more invested than people actually know. Um, you know, I hear things of how they're not invested at all, but I've also heard things like Travis said, like, yeah, they're getting more invested and they actually care. How much does that matter to you if Jody Allen and Burt Colt are invested or not? Because for me, and I'm going to say this is like. I want them to be invested, obviously, but I don't because I do want them to get rid of the team. So I really don't have a good, I don't care if they're invested at all. 
Because I do want them to get rid of the team and give us someone that is fully invested and that I know is. I They can fake it and they can show it for a little bit, and I'm not going to buy it. it. They've bitten me too many times. So I want to get your opinion on that. Like, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter if they're invested now or they say they're invested because they're going to sell the team. And it's going to be someone else. Yeah. I mean, I guess it matters this year if there is a deal at the trade deadline that takes the Blazers into the luxury tax. Do they do that? I don't think they do. Um, and it makes financial sense to stay out of the tax. So I have no problem with them staying out of the luxury tax. And they're hard capped at a salary number that's like $6 million past the luxury tax anyway. So it's not like they can go out there and make a trade where they add $10 million in salary somehow. Um, or, you know, trade four players for one who makes a little bit more because then you got to fill those other three roster spots. So they're already kind of limited. But right now, I think that is the main area where... Is it a situation where Jody's willing to open up that pocketbook and not get a check? Because owners get a check when you're not in the luxury tax. The tax-paying teams pay out the luxury tax to the other owners is split amongst owners. Um, so you actually get money from tax-paying teams if you're not a tax-paying team. So it's not just you know not paying the luxury tax or triggering the repeater tax, which is worse penalties in future years. It's also you legitimately get a check. So who knows how much that's going to be this year. Um, but it does make financial sense to stay out of the tax. It's just if you're truly invested, you would think if there's a move that is a really good move for the Blazers – that takes you into the tax, you would do it if you're invested. You would do it if you really want to see this team win. Paul Allen, I think, would, would do it, absolutely. He was, wasn't was afraid to lose money on the team. It was a passion project of his. So I think that's what matters in the short term. Um, their decision, it seems like some of the decision-making on certain things has been iffy in the way they've handled things, and it's just a bunch of little things that add up, which is why I think fans potentially want a different ownership group but i don't know how much of that is due to a lack of investment and how much of that is just bad decision making yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like you know what i just i you fool me once shame on me fool me once or some fool me once shame on you fool me once, right how, how do you say that fool me once shame on you fool yeah. me twice shame on shame me. on me like yeah like i've been fooled too many times right like you know i it's just fa- it's fake fake interest, right? Fake hustle. Like, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see you be invested. Like, we know you don't care. You haven't spoken ever. So, for me, like, I just want a new ownership group in there that I hope can really care. So, I, you know, it's cool, whatever, that they're showing interest now. But it seems like they're just kind of trying to do a, uh, you know, a public sale of the team and trying to raise that yeah, price. Yeah, I do believe Travis, though. And the thing is, Travis... Is- Travis was definitely aware that fans are going to say, oh, well, he works for the team. So, of course, he's saying something positive. Um, I don't it, it was interesting to hear him say that, too, because I feel like fans don't realize that people that work for the team know that fans think that he's aware. Yeah, he is aware. Trust so me. the fact that he's aware makes me believe him. Uh, you know, as, as he said, he said he wouldn't say anything he just wouldn't say anything about it if uh he didn't actually believe it and uh so i'm taking his word for it that they truly are invested and especially if burt cold's down there in santa barbara what's the point of him being down there in santa barbara if it's not you know he wants to be around the team and 
I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or how much that means or, or what. It's just the only thing that I think that matters this year is will they pay the luxury tax for a good move? I think that's really the only thing that matters. Yeah, it's it's just interesting that now all of a sudden with all the you know the rumors of Ron Wyden wrote the letter to Adam Silver saying Phil Knight needs to be the owner of the Blazers. Now they're showing all this interest in the Blazers. It's just it's weird timing to me, man. It just smells, but it is what it is. Like it's nothing we can yeah. do or control. So, and it's the type of uh, thing yeah. that I just get tired talking about. To be honest with you, because yeah, no. we didn't have to in the past. We had the owner yeah, that you no didn't doubt. have to worry about whatsoever. So um, I'm happy basketball starting soon. <laughs> oh, I know. Breaking down some film. I do want to see uh, the one thing, other thing preseason I want to see how aggressive the team is on, de- on the defensive side. Right. You know, Travis talked about that a little bit, uh, but like how aggressive are they coming out and hard showing on the screens or if they're dropping or how long it takes for them to stop doing it if it doesn't work. Right. That was the Terry Stotts thing. Like. He would try it for a game or two. Didn't work. He went back and reverted back to what he always did. So will Chauncey stay on it as the season goes on? I think the preseason will be a little ultra aggressive and then it'll calm down a little bit of the regular season. But yeah, that's that's another big thing I think we can look forward to as well. Again, I want to uh, thank Travis Demers for joining us. We'll for sure get him back uh, when he's on the road and he can give us the vibes of that as well. Again, this is the Believe in Blazer podcast and the Believe Podcast Network brought to you by Bet online football is back. Bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wager info, Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive our hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards, BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, just for everyone else, you know, I use BetOnline to bet on college football. So there you go. This is uh, episode six, Believe in Blazers podcast. Again, thank you very much. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.